Welcome to the Dynasty Heat Seekers, a Roto Heat production. Make sure you subscribe, like, and comment on our YouTube page and check out our website, rotoheat.com. Now jump in and enjoy the show with your hosts, Bryce Frazier and Anthony Leone. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday night Dynasty Heat Seekers live stream and podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Frazier, and I'm joined by the always reliable Anthony Leone. How are we doing today? Doing good. Have to be here as always. Hope you're doing well yourself. And uh, yeah, looking forward to going over the uh, topic tonight. These uh, player rebounds. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a while before we get to see any good games because Thursday night's game should be pretty bad. Can probably won't be as bad as last week's Thursday night game, but. (laughs) We got the commanders and bears and obviously not a ton of fantasy relevant guys on those teams. So it's a little depressing that we have to wait all the way till Sunday, but yeah, until then we'll try and prepare as best as we can. So before we get into today's topic, we do have like pretty much one major news and notes. Rashad Penny is out for the year, but bummer because it seems like this guy's always been somewhat talented. Like he's been pretty talented. He came out of college. I think he was a first round draft pick by the Seahawks, if I remember correctly. It seems like every time he's on the field and healthy, he was producing pretty well. This year was a little bit not as great, but that offense was also not doing too hot. And then he obviously had the big week last week, and then he gets injured this week, and Kenneth Walker has a nice big run. And it seems like it's time for him to take over, which I think most of us thought was inevitable, but I was... I thought it was going to be more of next year, but yeah. obviously with the opportunity now given to him, it's going to be this year. And I think that with the talent he has, I don't see him losing that job to anybody anytime soon. I think for sure. You could almost like call it, I wouldn't say call it quits for Rashad Penny's career, but it seems like he's now going to be a career backup for the, his remaining years as a football player. So any thoughts on Rashad Penny? Do you see him playing a different role once he eventually gets healthy? And are you excited for Ken Walker? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose Penny... He could still re-sign with the team. And it reminds me of Chris Carson, where people thought Chris Carson was done, and it's like he kept just hanging around. So if he does re-sign with the Seahawks, I mean, I could see it getting murky and not as clean as a lot of us who own Walker, like myself, hope it to be. Other than that, I agree with you. I don't see him landing in a really starting a feature role anywhere else. And I think he'll be used more as like a secondary back, or maybe he'll get another opportunity if there's an injury in front of him on another team. But I mean, he could always land in a pretty fun offense like Kansas City next year or somewhere that could maybe with Chick, but maybe they don't do that. But I could see him having some fantasy value in the future. So, so yeah. Yeah, there's a handful of teams I was thinking of too, besides to Kansas City, obviously being one of them, Buffalo Bills, Miami, all teams that can score. And I would argue that he could walk on their roster and compete for a starting running back role. So, yeah, he's a but, good buy low. I mean, if you can get him for a third, I don't see any harm in that. The worst right. case, you flex him out next year at times. But again, if the opportunity presents itself, he can put up monster week. So I think it would be a pretty good buy low opportunity. Yeah, I agree. So that's pretty much all the news and notes we got. So we'll jump into this this week's topic. And before we get to that, anybody, if you're asking questions in the chat, we do answer the questions. We allocate probably like the last 20 to 15 to 20 minutes of the show answering any questions. And we do answer them in order. So we will get to your questions. Just be patient and stay tuned in and we'll get there. So this week, you call it what you call it what you will, but a bounce back candidate. Guys that we're predicting to be more productive down the stretch, starting maybe next week on, or maybe even maybe a couple of weeks in on. 
So maybe these are guys that they could be some young guys that haven't really, maybe they're coming off an injury from last season and they just haven't come back yet. Like the way we hoped they would. Maybe there's some veteran guys that are disappointing right now. There's a reason for it. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know that reason yet. So we're here to enlighten you. But just guys that have been disappointing so far weeks one through five and guys we expected to turn around this season for you. So this, I would argue that today's show is applicable in all formats, right? I mean, you can use it in dynasty for maybe guys you want to buy now that are cheap, cheaper than they will be later in the season. It's they're good guys maybe to acquire also in redraft. So a little bit more fun show. We, we usually have all these dynasty topics, but when you've been doing this for 15 weeks straight, it gets hard to think of new dynasty topics. And not only that, Bryce, the dynasty and redraft are very similar in a lot of ways. Obviously they're different in more ways, I'd argue, but they're very similar in very, in some ways as well. So just because we're talking about bounce back guys in dynasty or bounce back guys for redraft this year, either way, every season is for this season. If you win a championship, you win a championship nonetheless. So yeah, I, I think it's very applicable either way you look at it. Yeah. Sully, Sully wanted to stop it and say hi to me. <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. And maybe I'll pass it on to you. Who's your, we'll go quarterback first. Who's your one quarterback you're expecting to bounce back the, this season? Yeah, for me, it's Dak Prescott. And I know it's a little obvious just because of the injury here. After all conversation last week, I was surprised. I would, I thought more people would value Dak higher than Rodgers. And we asked a few different people. Everyone said Rodgers over Dak. And it was just a little surprised. I, I, for me, it's easily Dak, given his age, presumed career length, and Dak, you could argue he has better receivers this season alone. He has Lamb and Gallup looks really good. Schultz is banged up, but even still behind Schultz, I like Ferguson and Hendershot, the undrafted guy they brought in. He's made some plays. Noah Brown looked pretty good as well, so... For me, it's Dak. I mean, obviously with the injury, he's going to obviously probably bounce back and, and, and end the season better than he started it. But just with, with everything I said, I, I just think he's way valued too low right now. So for me, it's Dak. And if you need a quarterback, I think you can get him relatively cheap. And yeah, maybe you won't have him for the next week or two. But I mean, it's a long season. It's only week five right now, week six. So yeah, for me, it's Dak. Bryce, what do you think about Dak? Yeah, I mean, I like Dak Prescott, right? But I think the days of him slinging it for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns are going to be few and far in between. I think with him getting hurt, I feel like this organization, like the front office, the coaches have their head out of their asses to an extent, and they're using a more balanced approach now. They're using the run game. Tony Pollard's involved. Zeke is involved. Both are doing pretty well. They're both pretty efficient, right? So... I think they have to use that approach if they want to be a good team. Their defense right now is playing at an extremely high level. Their pass rush right now is top tier. And when your pass rush is top tier, it makes your secondary look good. And their secondary isn't bad. It's not top tier like their pass rush. But when you've got such a dominant in no time back there, you only have to cover for a couple of seconds. It makes it pretty easy for your DBs and your safeties. So if that offense can keep it together and stick with this balanced approach, the Cowboys are going to be a force to reckon with. That the problem with that is that hinders Dak's fantasy production because I think that they're not going to drop back and throw it a ton. But I still agree that he's valued too low. I would, I, I rest. I would much rather have Dak Prescott than Aaron Rodgers myself. Like you said, career length, talent around him right now, just all those answers. I would almost expect 
Dak to still outscore Aaron Rodgers rest of the season and obviously have a longer career. So I would, I think he's a guy definitely I would be looking to buy now. And because the people that are saying it's Cooper Rush is going to keep this job, I think are somewhat delusional. Cooper Rush is just managing games right now. If you had to sit back and get a quarterback to get you a game winning drive, I'd feel way more confident in Dak Prescott, just the talent he has. So I think that's a good, that's a good pick for a guy to obviously he's going to do better the rest of the season because he's been hurt. But if you take in all these other factors and look at it, you can see how many people are valuing him lower than you should be. I, it's really hard because like for quarterbacks, I know I was struggling to find one. Obviously, I like that Prescott's one because he was hurt. I chose Matt Stafford. <laughs> it's just I'm not sure how comfortable I feel choosing him. I'm more comfortable in the people around him. Like obviously, Cooper Kep's always going to be is going to be doing Cooper Kep things. He's got a decent tight end in Tyler Higbee. The other wide receiver, Allen Robinson, I don't think he's bad. The main problem for the um, the Rams for me is the offensive line. Like Matt Stafford is has got no time back there. And when he has no time, he looks to number one, which is Cooper Cup, which is why you're seeing his production stay the same as it was last year. But everybody else is being hindered. The run game looks bad because the offensive line can't run block. The, there's no, the, pretty much no presence at wide receiver two right now on that team. Nobody you feel comfortable starting in fantasy lineups, even in deep rosters. You probably feel all right, but then Tyler Higby, he's been relatively productive for the tight end position. So I'm just going to throw my faith out there in the organization and Sean McVay and a veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford and expect that team who still has the talent to be a Super Bowl caliber team as long when the offensive line eventually picks it up. They are injured, so guys should be getting healthy. I have faith that Matt Stafford's numbers will turn around this year. What are your thoughts on Matt Stafford? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I do worry about the offensive line, but I agree that he has enough talent there where I think he's going to at least be decent. So of all the guys we could have chosen, I think Stafford, who has underperformed this far this season, I think uh, of them all could end the season pretty good. Not top 12, but maybe top 15. And if you can get Stafford at top 15 rest of season, I mean, I think you could buy him for a pretty pretty fair price right now. So that's something to consider too if you're looking at next year. But yeah, I mean, I do worry about that offensive line though. So that is the concern. I think if I had to, if I needed a quarterback, I probably would try to pay up and get one of the ones that have been just doing better. And maybe someone has a few quarterbacks and one of them they don't need, like a Kirk Cousins or someone who's done better. I think I'd probably go that route just because I am worried about the offensive line this year and who knows what happens going forward. I agree. So who would you rather have, just out of curiosity, I think it's a decent comparison. Who would you rather have rest this season, uh, Kenny Pickett or Matt Stafford? For this season, like in redraft? Yeah, just in general, who do you think would be putting up better numbers? I think that I watched that game, the Bills game, and it was ugly, obviously, but Kenny Pickett was moving the ball. And he was. He stood in when he had a veteran presence in the pocket with pressure and stuff. Yeah, they didn't score a touchdown, though, did they? No, but they drove down, got ugly quick. So it's like they got to the red zone like three times where obviously they could have kicked field goal, but it was far gone by that point. So they just kept going for it. So the drive stalled, but. They moved the ball is what I saw. And I talked to, if you listen to us on Sunday, so last Sunday, I said, I think Kenny Pickett's coming soon. Sully had a very good point where he said, next week, it's the Bills. And then the week after that, they have a tough matchup. I don't think that he gets put in that situation. 
And I have the counter argument of if you put a rookie quarterback in that situation and they're expected to lose, then you really don't have a, it's more of a win-win. It's not really a win-win, but it's a win neutral. Because if they go in there and they struggle and it's expected to struggle, you're not really looking too much into it. But if they go in there and they do pretty well, maybe and keep them in some of these games, then it's just going to be a confidence boost. So I thought that he'd get thrown in there based on that. And I also thought Mike Tomlin is the kind of coach like Bill Belichick where he doesn't care about if the quarterback's ready or not. He's going to put in the personnel that best gives his team the chance to win. And I think Kenny Pickett does that better than Mitch Trubisky. So, but I think I'd rather have Kenny Pickett the rest of the season, to be honest. It's not by much, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's close. I think I would go with Stafford if I had to pick. In Dynasty, it's, it, I'd just go with the upside of the young quarterback and go with Pickett. Yeah. But man, that that's close. Redraft. I don't really know. That's tough. Yeah. Both have good talent around him. They're probably yeah. they're both their offensive line. So just, yeah. I was just curious. All right. Let's go running back. You go ahead and do your first running back. Yeah. For me, uh, my first guy is Alvin Kamara. He's RB21 on a points per game basis. And it's been a pretty tough year for Kamara, but he is finally getting healthy. And you had that rib issue. Now he seems to be back. He just had his first 100 yard game of the season last week versus Seattle. And it was an under the radar performance in a way because he didn't score a touchdown. He didn't really have a huge run, but he did get 20, I think 24 PPR points. And you know what? Given his age and the suspension coming up and the kind of the rough go to the season, I think right now he's very obtainable and I think he's going to finish the year really strong. So yeah, right now he's a low end RB2. I think he's going to get into the RB1 status within a few weeks, but I don't see any reason why that should slow down. Bryce? Yeah. Alvin Kamara is top two running back in the league when he's healthy and on the field. I expected the Saints offense to struggle with the uncertainty at quarterback, which we're seeing. And when you have that uncertainty and that struggle, you need to get the ball to your playmakers. Luckily, they got three pretty good playmakers off the top of my head on that team with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Alvin Kamara. The problem with that is, Neither one of them have been healthy so far this entire season. They've all missed. Chris Olave has, but he might be missing some time after that hard landing last week, which yeah. I prefer. As someone who owns him in a lot of leagues, I'd rather him be 100% healthy moving forward. And then Michael Thomas now is getting to the age where it seems like any small injury is going to keep him out a week or two until he gets back to 100%. So, yep, I like Alvin Kamara a lot. I think he's a perfect buy. And a perfect sell guy for guys in, in Dynasty that are rebuilding and trying to contend. I think he's one of the easiest guys to deal right now in, in situations of that matter. So, dealt him last week myself. So, great pick there. Najee Harris is mine. So, obviously, anybody who has Najee Harris has known that the struggle right now is real for... Huh? I have him. Yeah. I know. Oh, you got Najee? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> the struggle right now is definitely real for Najee Harris. I think the new starting quarterback in Kenny Pickett will actually be good for him. I think already Kenny Pickett does a better job at reading through the progression. I expect the Steelers are never going to abandon the run game. Mike Tomlin's not going to abandon it. So Najee's going to get touches. Obviously, we've already hinted at the problem is the offensive line. I definitely like Najee moving forward this season when it comes to PPR value. I expect his rushing stats to continue to be hindered this year, but I think Kenny Pickett gives this offense a better chance to score. Now, I'm not calling Kenny Pickett a top 10 quarterback by any means necessary. I'm calling Mitch Trubisky a bottom five. I think Kenny Pickett falls 
like a little bit lower than the middle of the pack right now until we see anything moving forward. Like I said, I liked what I saw from them this past week, despite that horrible blowout. Um, but I think Najee, with, with the team that that improves at quarterback for the rest of the season, I would expect the people around them to improve, which hence gives me the reason to expect Najee Harris to start to produce at a higher level. It is another bad matchup this week for Najee Harris, but maybe you could take advantage of that and buy him pretty cheap, hoping that he turns around the following week and on. Any thoughts on Najee? Yeah, I think I got to disagree with you on this one. I mean, Jalen Warren, I think he's going to get more work. He got five carries this past game. I think that's going to increase. Harris, last year, what really held up his value was getting all those receptions, and he's just not getting those receptions this season. He's not getting the targets. Jalen Warren had more targets than he did last game, more catches too by one. So I'm just, I'm really, I'm just worried it's going to be more of a timeshare moving forward on a struggling offense. I just, I don't know if I can really get behind that. I mean, I agree with you. Pickett is better, but I don't know if Harris is really going to benefit from that as much as you hope he will. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm curious to see how much of that Jalen Warren production was off of garbage time. I mean, I expect them to be losing by 35 at the end of the third or at the middle of the third quarter often this season. Well, I mean, it was the second quarter they were down by 30 points. So, I well, mean, yeah, yeah, but at the, this is a terrible matchup. I don't look, I mean, Jalen Warren's not doing anything better than Najee. So I, I, that doesn't worry me whatsoever. I don't think he's any better of a back out of the backfield. I just think he's just a back, a routine backup running back. All I'm saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Warren has more PPR points by the end of the season than Najee Harris does. I w- would not surprise me. And that would, it wouldn't surprise me. That's a bold, bold take. I don't that's, think it's going to happen. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise Like That would it, definitely shock me. Yeah, I just, I'm worried about Najee Harris this season. If the offense, they, I'm not worried about Najee Harris long term in Dynasty, but this season I am worried for him. All right, we'll just have to, we'll have to see. We'll, I'll remember this and we'll come back to it. <laughs> All right, get to your second running back. All right, my second running back is Joe Mixon, but cheap, but he's RB15 so far this year. Everyone thought he would be a top 12 running back for sure. I think most people had him in the top seven, I think it's fair to say. And he's had a really, he's had a good year, but he's not like what everyone was really expecting. And again, Cincinnati offensive line, this is like a trend here with all these teams offensive line has been rough. Although last week against the Ravens, it did look better. You saw Burrow had time to throw the ball and Mixon, he did fail to score a touchdown, but he did finally get over five yards to carry and he didn't make any spectacular plays, but the offense just seemed like it was trying to figure things out. He's the team around him is getting healthier. And so I expect Mixon to, to bounce back strong and finish the year as a top 12 running back for sure. Yeah, Joe Mixon's getting top seven volume, just not the production. The play calling in the red zone inside the five-yard line Sunday night was horrible. Yeah, he's not. No reason. Touchdowns. There's no reason Joe Mixon shouldn't have got at least an opportunity or two. They tried to run some double reverse Philly special to Joe Burrow, and Tyler Boyd got sacked for like, negative 12 yards on one play and it's what are they doing joe mixon just pummeled the ball all the way down the field there you're not going to give him at least one crack inside the five 
yeah. think that's got to change. That's got to change. Zach Taylor is now getting under the hot seat at this point with Blake. So I think he, he takes a more conservative, safe approach moving forward with Joe Mixon's usage. So I agree 100%. I like Joe Mixon rest of the season. Another guy I think is a good buy in contending teams and a good sell and guys that want to move on and rebuild because running back's lifespan is short. So if you're not in the situation to win now or even next year, I think getting max value out of some of your top tier running backs is something you have to do. And I think that Jim Mixon is one of those guys that you could easily do that with this low right now. So, Cam, this is another one that, that I don't feel like super, super great about, but I really like the usage of Cam Akers. Um, it seems like, though, he is not the passing down back. When they're in obvious passing situations, Daryl Henderson is in there. And I think that's also due to Daryl Henderson being a better pass blocker than Cam Akers. Cam Akers is definitely more talented when it comes to a back out of the back or a back running the ball. Daryl Henderson's a little bit more electric when it comes to a back out of the backfield situation. He's nothing super special. He's just better than Cam Akers at it. But I'm also hoping I'm putting kind of my money where my mouth is when I said Matt Stafford will get better at quarterback. When the quarterback starts to be- produce better, if the rest of the team benefits accordingly. So if I if the Rams start scoring more like I predict, Cam Akers will be a direct benefit of that. I was a big believer in Cam Akers preseason. Looking like that take wasn't too good. I thought he was an electric, powerful runner, but when it's hard when you're getting hit right at the line of scrimmage and there's absolutely nowhere to run the ball because that offensive line is not opening up any holes for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna expect this team to turn it around, get things going again, and Cam Akers should directly benefit from it. So what are your thoughts on Cam Akers? Yeah, I'm going to have to, again, disagree with you here. But the offensive line is obviously the issue for Stafford. I think that's obviously a big issue for Cam Akers. He ran the ball 13 times. I agree. I mean, that's pretty decent volume considering how the game was going. Yeah. But still, he only managed 33 yards. I mean, it's just, it's brutal, man. Let's see how many. I'm going to look how many of these guys are injured because I know that their offensive line right now is desecrated. So they're not playing with their starters. So I just, I really worry about, I really do worry about, I mean, he's not getting the, he didn't have a single catch. He's not getting any PPR value. I feel more comfortable starting Henderson, even though he got zero rushing attempts last week, I'd still feel more comfortable starting Daryl Henderson over him just because of the PPR value. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess if they're facing tougher matchups, I feel, I guess more comfortable. If the Rams are about to play the Bills, sure. I'd probably feel a little bit better at putting Daryl Henderson in there, but if the Rams are about to play like the Seahawks, I think I feel more comfortable with Cam Akers. Well, I guess we'll see. They play the Panthers this week, so. Yeah, you can run against the Panthers, but the, it remains that offensive line is decimated when it comes to injuries. Like, it, it's different when it's not like the Bengals, where the Bengals' own line is healthy and they're playing bad. The Rams have the excuse right now of our starters are not playing. Our guys that are supposed to be starting aren't playing. So when they do... Hopefully they do. You would expect things to get better, right? So the point, the show is bounce back. So could you imagine Cam Akers doing worse than he is right now? So it's really a good pick if you look at it like that. I would expect him to do better, but his ceiling is definitely caps because his PPR value is capped. I expect him to be more around like 10 to 15 points on a bad week once that O-line starts getting healthy. Once the O-line is healthy, not starts getting healthy, is healthy. That's what I more expect from Cam Akers, where his ceiling is now in the mid-20s because if he finds the end zone, the timer too. So seems like a good RB3 option or flex play 
if that happens. I don't feel comfortable as a running back, too, at this point. Wide receivers. See, we'll see this week. We'll see this week. Yeah, with that. It seems like the offensive line has got to show me something more than that, yeah. more than the, their opponent. Wide receivers. Go ahead. Yeah, my first guy is the gimme, Jamar Chase. He's wide receiver 13 on the year, which isn't bad. But even this past week, what he had like maybe seven catches for 50 yards. And it was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's not, it wasn't Higgins bad. You didn't get a donut, but Higgins got hurt. But yeah. Yeah, but it's, man, it's, it's still not great. I mean, he didn't take Jamar Chase yeah, one overall. Happy about it. PPR points. And if you're in a half TPR league, I mean, good night. I don't even know. Oh man, that's brutal. So, but I do think he's going to bounce back because like I said, with Joe Mixon, the offense, everyone around him should be getting healthier. The O-line looked really good last week. Burrow had time to throw the ball. And I still think Chase is going to put up huge weeks. I have having Higgins back will help ease off some pressure off of Chase. And I think teams have realized now, like, you can't just double chase and let Higgins go crazy. That's not the way to win football games because they're both really good. So I think that I think Chase is going to find some better opportunities to have some monster weeks. And I think if anyone's a little worried about him, I think he's a good buy opportunity. I don't think you can really get him for much of a value unless maybe like in a redraft league, someone's unhappy with what's going on on a week to week basis. But he's certainly not someone to sell. If anything, he's a good buy guy in, in redraft and. If you can get him for a slight discount in Dynasty, obviously I'm all for that too. Bryce? Yeah, I mean, I like Jamar Chase to get things rolling. Sully makes a good point here talking about their offensive line needing to sort things out. I expect last year they were bad too, right? And Chase was doing well. So that doesn't worry as much, worry me as much. It's more of the, what you mentioned with Higgins. Like when Higgins is on the field, Chase does better. You're not going to be able to double team one guy because the other one's just going to feast. Luckily, even with the bad off the line, Chase can benefit off really quick passes. Like they kept trying to force this quick screens to him, quick slants, quick outs. Like he feasts off that because he does well after the catch because he's, he's fast. Whereas guys like Higgins are more prone to this point of, I think, with the offensive line being, because he's more of a middle of the field, down the field threat where a play needs a little bit more time to pr- progress. But when your quarterback's back there with happy, he again, for both of your points, everybody else around them struggles. So I'm on the same page. I think the Bengals start to put things together better. They should have won last week. It was definitely coaching error, coaching decision-making that caused them to lose last week. Bad play calling inside the, in, in the red zone. So Chase will, will start to have more 20-plus weeks this year. But I at this point, I, don't, I definitely don't expect him to have the season he had last year. I'm hoping he ends up top seven. And this is a good point. I'm starting to think I'd rather have Chase when you talk, take acquisition costs into it. Acquisition costs. I, I mean, Chase is significantly more expensive than Higgins. I don't think he's that much more expensive at this point. Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. He's definitely, maybe not to you, but he's definitely a guy that, that you're paying a top dollar for. I mean, Higgins was only having one really good week this year. Same with Chase. But you're, if that when you have that production this year, you're going to look at the last year's numbers and Chase's numbers were just so much better than Higgins that I think people are still valuing Chase as a top three. Top where they have last year? I mean, Chase had 1,400 yards. I mean, he had significant amount more yards. Maybe not catches, but definitely yards. And pro- and definitely touchdowns. I would assume touchdowns would definitely. Yeah, they were on 219 to 300. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I agree then, for sure. 
I mean, if you can get Higgins for a lot cheaper, then sure, I'm all for that. Yeah, I like Higgins a lot. I tried to buy him in a couple of leagues. I tried to actually trade Chase for Higgins and some pieces, but he was not having it at the time. So, and I'll stick with an AFC North team as well. Deontay Johnson. Seems like there's a trend here where we're going after all these teams that we expect the quarterback to start playing, the quarterbacks to start playing better because the offense and the offensive line are not very good. So it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, but what I'm expecting Deontay Johnson to have a much better season, rest of the season. He's getting a ton of targets, right? He's really effective in the quick game as well, where Pickens and Claypool, the other wide receivers on that team, are more big-bodied receivers that catch the ball a little bit further downfield. I think the Steelers, with their offensive line issues, are going to look to the quick game a lot more, which is why I think more dump-offs for Najee are imminent and why I think Deontay Johnson will just be more productive. He's the best wide receiver on the team for now. I do expect Dickens to take over that role maybe next year. But I think that Deontay Johnson's production starts to climb back to what it was last year where he's seeing a more of an average of like 15 points rest of season. And he's not touchdown dependent because we saw it last year. It's not like he was out there scoring a bunch of touchdowns, but he's good for seven catches and 80 yards pretty consistently. Last year, I expect with Pickett at quarterback, we're going to start to see that production again. So what are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson? Yeah, I agree 100% with this one. Last week, he had 13 targets. only caught like five five receptions, I think. But he's still going to get the volume. Pickett can throw the ball. Uh, I was wrong when I said that. I didn't think that Ben Roethlisberger was going to be worse than whoever they had at starting quarterback this season. And Pickett is better than I thought he would be in that sense. He can throw the ball much better than Roethlisberger can. Obviously, I think Roethlisberger might be a little bit more accurate on shorter passes, but Higgins is, I mean, Higgins. Deontay Johnson's going to get the volume. He's this last week, he didn't have the catches, but he still had the targets. So I agree with you 100%. I think Deontay's a, a good bargain right now. And he is going to yeah. bounce back. Yeah, he's definitely being under, he's always somewhat been under the radar now, I think more than ever. So definitely got to, to target, I think, in any any situation, any format, really. He's still young, too. He just got his first big payday, like, this year. So, really like him a lot. All right, and go to your last wide receiver. Yeah, and here, Sully said he tried to trade me in Higgins. Yeah, and he said any first would take Higgins. And I own, in that league, I own 102 in a super flex. And my team is rebuilding. So, I don't think just, if he said any first would get Higgins, which is what he said in the chat, I think... 102 should be worth more than any late first, 110, 111, 112. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. So when I sent him the trade, I think I asked for a third. <laughs> he rejected it. So that was the trade for Higgins that he says. So I it was like, buy. what, the one, one, 110? And... No, I'm 102. Like, I have 102 for sure. Like, my team is rebuilding. Do you send the uh, 102 for Higgins in a third? For Higgins in a third, yeah. Because he said any first will get Higgins. That's what Sully said. Any first, whoever sends me a first. Oh, get Sully, that's a decent deal, I think. They're both parties. Five so he denied it. Next draft. He countered something with Zamir White. I, I denied that. Oh, I thought my trade was fair. I thought my trade was fair. So I don't I know if he's still listening. It's, it's fair. It's not like super flagged. 102. I can't, I can't hate on anybody wanting to keep Higgins for that either, though. You know what I mean? So And Sully has the 101 locked up. Oh, okay. Okay. 
You might be able to get that deal later in the year, maybe. We'll see. Now Higgins is hurt. Maybe he'll change his mind now that Higgins is hurt. I'm not sure. I'll still do the trade that I sent him. So uh, we'll talk about it later. I'm really curious about how this next draft class is going to pan out for picks. Is it going to be quarterback run early and then Bijan falls like Najee did? Or wait, I mean, and look, in this next draft class, I saw some people dogging this next draft fat. Look, in a one QB league, in a one QB league, yeah, it's an average draft class. But yeah, in a yeah, super yeah, flex yeah. league, it's a great, it's a really good draft class. So I think a lot of people, when they talk about this next draft class, it's like yeah. people have these opinions, but you have to look at it from the right perspective. Yeah, I really don't know if there's four QBs I like all pretty equally right now. That could obviously change. Got a lot of football season left, but man, it's man with the first 102 for me now is almost as valuable as like the 105 because there's also some really good wide receivers in this class, like three really good ones in my opinion. So we'll see. That, that's stuff we talked about in the offseason. So all right, good <laughs> wide receiver. For me, it's easy. This was easy for me. Chris Godwin, he's wide receiver 46 on a points per game basis. I think he's like wide receiver 70 something when you look at just points, but he obviously hasn't played. He's been hurt. So wide receiver, 46 points per game basis. And like we talked about with the Bengals, I mean, the offense is going to be getting better. Guys are getting healthier. The offense is going to be getting insane. And in PPR leagues, what I love about Godwin is he just has a really safe floor. He's going to get those catches, kind of like DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to get the catches, but he also has that massive upside every week. And with Tom Brady, I mean, he could, he, Godwin could have a three-touchdown game and you wouldn't even blink. So I just, for me, Godwin, I just, I love his floor and I love the weekly upside you get with Tom Brady. And I, if you can share this article, it was posted yesterday on the Buccaneers website. It just talks about Chris Godwin's recovery and what he went through this past off season. And it's a really cool read after our stream. You can go to the Buccaneers website and find it, find the link and check it out. It's a really cool, a lot of cool pictures. It was, I, who was it last year that did like that little, like 11 minute? Oh, I think it was Alex Smith, little mini documentary. This isn't a video. It's just a news article type of thing. It's really cool. A lot of cool pictures. Talks about his background. Really cool. Really nice guy. I mean, this is the kind of guy you want on your roster. You want to root for. So I just wanted to share that article that I saw the other day. Yeah. Chris Godwin's a no brainer for me. And this, when talk, talking about this topic of bounce back guys that we like rest of the season. I mean, talk about consistent. He's had now two healthy weeks this season. He put up 12.9 and 12.3. He's seeing 10 tar six targets this past week, caught all six of them. 10 the week before, caught seven of them. Like, volume's going to be there for Chris Godwin. Got Tom Brady throwing it to him. As long as he can stay healthy, he's a top-tier wide receiver, in my opinion. You feel good about him being... You don't really feel bad about him being your best wide receiver on your team, but you feel really good about him being your second best. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Big Chris Godwin guy. I We talked about him before the stream. I'm in a league where my team is not great. I've got some wide receiver depth, but I'm now lacking depth at running back really bad. So I traded Chris Godwin for a first and a second this upcoming draft class, hoping I can get maybe one of these top wide top running backs taken, especially since I predict some of them to fall with how deep the wide receiver. Wide receiver is not super deep, but there's some really top level wide receivers and a lot of good quarterbacks that I expect to go pretty early in super flex draft. So try and put that all into perspective and think I can maybe get like a Jameer Gibbs or something late in the first with that pick. So, because I traded it to a guy that very well could win the lead for sure. And then my last wide receiver is DJ Moore. This guy's probably been one of the most disappointing this season, but did we not really expect it? I mean, we've seen Baker Mayfield now destroy 
every wide receiver <laughs> that has ever been the victim of his is started quarterback. Like OBJ went over there and should have produced way more than he did. It's not a wide receiver problem. It's a Baker Mayfield problem. Baker Mayfield out, it looks like, the next couple of weeks. I am willing to bet my paycheck that P.J. Walker can go in there and give you more value for D.J. Get more production out of D.J. more than Baker Mayfield will. I think this is a great guy to buy and redraft. I think it's a really great guy to buy in Dynasty. Probably harder to acquire him because I think most people see why he's struggling, but you might be able to take advantage of that and redraft and get him for very cheap, maybe even some bench players on your team. So what are your thoughts on DJ Moore? Yeah, I actually, I, I mean, I think he's a good, a good buy just because he's so cheap in a redraft league that my friend's in, it's a 10 team league. Someone dropped DJ Moore. Wow. So I was looking at his, I told him to scoop him up. He did. Who did he drop? Oh, he dropped Mooney for DJ Moore. So yeah, I mean, easily. I mean, in some leagues, you'll find people making these silly decisions. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I for PPR, if it's not PPR, I, I probably wouldn't be yeah. as optimistic on it. So I think that's a caveat here. And yes, yeah, someone that asks, we answer questions. We will answer all these questions in a moment. We just want to get through this topic real quick. But yeah, no, I think DJ Moore is a good call. Yep. We got to talk about two more players and we'll get to all these questions in order that they're in the chat. So let's go ahead and move on to tight end. I'll go first. Keep it short and sweet. Dalton Schultz. And this is purely and solely on Dak Prescott coming back and taking over. Dalton Schultz, he does have a nagging injury and it is a problem right now. But I think if he's on the field, when Dak Prescott's on the field, he has he has a really good value of the tight end position. Obviously, a lot of these tight ends aren't really separating themselves from the pack. But Dalton Schultz was really good last year um, when obviously Dak Prescott was on the field. And when he returns, I expect his target share to increase obviously back to where it was as long as he can stay healthy. So I expect him to turn things around with that when Dak Prescott takes back. I don't see it happening with Cooper Rush at the helm. What are your thoughts on Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we're going to be a couple weeks out before Dak is really back up to speed. Same with Schultz with the knee injury he has. I mean, he's obviously feeling the effects of that. We see it on the field as well. He doesn't look himself, but once Dak is back and Schultz is a little bit healthier, I agree. I think he's going to bounce back in a big way. So that's a good show. All right. And then finish up with your tight end and we'll answer these questions. Yeah. George Kittle for me on a points per game basis. He's tight end 28. By the way, I was funny. I saw Pitts was 27, which was crazy for him. He's only missed one game, but on points per game basis, 27 for Pitts. Yay. <laughs> of these two, I feel much more confident in Kittle bouncing back than I do Pitts. Jimmy Garoppolo missed all of training camp. Didn't even have the playbook all off season. I don't think a lot of people know that, but he was completely, he wasn't even like he was on the team. That's right. had a shield of the, he missed all of the free season. Kittle, Kittle was hurt to start the year. He missed some of the early part of the year himself. So look, it's just going to take a little bit of time to get these two back on the same page. We just saw last week, Kittle had a pretty nice game. I think he had five catchers or four catchers from 50 yards. Look, pre look pretty good out there. And yeah, he's not going to have monster weeks every single, he's not going to be like Andrews or Kelsey. It's just, it's not going to happen. But he is going to put up some good weeks. He's going to be consistent. He's not really going to do like a TJ Hawkinson one catch for six yard type of thing. And he's going to be out there. He's going to finish as a top 12 tight end. And like I said, with Pitts, I mean, of the two, I'd rather have Kittle. No question about it. In a redraft setting. Yeah. Uh, okay about that. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, no, I think the 49ers are a really efficient offense. And I think Kittle's going to be a big part of, the, of that reason why they have a successful season. 
Yeah, I like George Kittle. I think his days of being a top three, top four guy are over, to be honest. I think that, again, just when you're getting the same guys getting injured year in and year out, it's at that point, it's a trend rather than a coincidence. But when he's healthy and on the field and that offense really starts to put things together here in the next couple of weeks, I expect, I think Kittle benefits from it. So I feel confident that he starts putting up more consistent numbers with very few kind of crappy weeks in between but also very few really big weeks as well. So I agree with that. So that does it for the show. We will see you guys next week. Who knows what the topic will be? We'll figure it out a day or two before. Maybe we can talk about scrotum. Yeah, whatever, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have one more more question. Wayne, we're out of here. He wants to know if you can pick up anyone to pick up Ken Walker. Yes, you should. I don't know who it is yet, but you should. You are going... Oh, we're sad white. Drop or shove white for Ken. I would drop McKenzie. Either one. I don't really care. Drop. Wait, how many, what, what wide receivers does he have? Amon Ra, Evo, Hawkins, every single Detroit Lion ever. Add Barry Sanders. I would drop McKenzie. But you could drop. No, I wouldn't drop Rashida Wright. <laughs> he is Jamal Williams, too. <laughs> well, you got to add Gaw. I don't know why you don't have golf on your team. I would drop McKenzie. All right. McKenzie or Rashad White, either one for me. You got so much running back depth. I wouldn't feel bad for dropping Rashad White for uh, for Ken Walker. You got freaking Saquon, Henry, Swift, and Burnett. So I don't even know what I would do on that talent. I wouldn't even know what Great team. Great. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Good night, guys. Bye.